Uh, we're excited about our next guest. He will join us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. We are the Out of Bounds Show, 105.9 The Zone ESPN. We're driven by your next John Deere tractor at Ag Up Equipment. And there are over 20 locations in Mississippi, agup.com. John Deere, America's tractor. We are ESPN 105.9 The Zone. And before I welcome in our next guest, Larry Boa, a longtime MLB player and MLB manager and coach. When I was a kid, in the early to mid-80s, I had every one of his baseball cards at the Phillies and Cubs. Uh, Larry Boa, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good, good. Hey, walk me through. I was reading up. I've known about you since I was a kid because we had WGN and... um, once you made it over to the to the Cubs, um, you know, watched y'all all the time. But I knew all about the Phillies and and uh, Steve Carlton and you and and Rose and so on. Um, now you weren't you weren't some kind of star baseball player growing up. I know your dad had a tie to baseball, but it didn't start like coming together for you until community college or JUCO. Is that right, Larry? Yeah, I I got cut from high school three years in a row. You know. And the coach didn't say I wasn't good enough. He just said I was too small. And the fact that my dad played pro ball and he got as high as triple A, uh, you know, he kept reinforcing that, hey, it doesn't matter how big you are. There's room on a baseball field for big guys, little guys. So to make a long story short, uh, that summer after I got cut my third year in high school, they had a summer league, and I went and played on a summer league team. And this junior college coach, whose name was Dale Bandy, came and watched the games. And he approached me after a couple of games and said, hey, I want you to come out for my team. And I, I sort of laughed at him. I said, I didn't even play high school, so I don't know how I'm going to make your team. He says, well, I'm going to give you every opportunity to make it. And uh, I went there for two years. I made all-conference. And uh, basically, Eddie Bachman, who was a scout for the Phillies, signed me. And then I signed with the Phillies and then – Played first year A, second year double A, third year triple A, then I went to the big leagues my fourth year. That's an incredible story. Larry Bow on the Out of Bounds show. When I when I'm a kid, I didn't obviously realize this. I didn't have Google and computers and so on. I'm just watching Larry right. Boa play for the Phillies and, and the Cubs and thinking, Hey, this is awesome. And um now that I'm older, I'm sitting here thinking with all this travel ball and everything else and People think they're stars at seven, eight, nine years old. Larry Boa doesn't make his cut three years in a row. So, so your dad's connected to the game, as you just said, and I, and I read um, right. yesterday. What, as you're getting cut year after year, do you ever go to your dad or just think, you know what, the hell with this. I, I don't want to play baseball anymore. I want to do something else. You know why I, I never did that? Because my dad always said that I have a lot to offer. Uh, you know, I, Obviously, when I first came up, I wasn't a very good hitter. But back when we played, if you caught the ball, played short, second, center field, and catcher, that old adage, strength up the middle, and then let the corner people in the infield and outfield do all the hitting, you know, that that was basically the mindset of me. But through hard work and a great hitting instructor, you know, I ended up getting over 2,000 hits in the big leagues. But I'm not going to tell you it was easy. It took a lot of hard work. Uh, it had had a lot to do with the manager that was managing me, the hitting coach that was spending hours at a time during the winter with me. Uh, you know, the other thing that, that, that bothered me a little bit after I made the 
all conference in junior college. I never got drafted either. I mean, that was the first year of the draft. And so I went through the draft and everything. Obviously, the odds were stacked against me. Um, you know, my dad always told me, you don't want to be a minor league baseball rat because you can ride buses your whole life. He says, but if you think you can do this, you got to go after your dream. And he taught me how to play the game fundamentally. You know, I was able to move runners. I was able to steal a base. I was a real good fielder, had a good arm. I was fast. Uh, and then, you know, after my second year, played A and double A and triple, then I went to triple A and they told me that, hey, we want you to learn how to switch hit. So I didn't really start switch hitting until I was in triple A. And you talk about an experiment, man, that was tough. I mean, I did everything right-handed my whole life, and all of a sudden they say, okay, now you got to hit left-handed. And uh, to learn at the AAA level was, it was really tough, but, you know, uh, whether it was me being stubborn or me knowing that I know I can do this, you know, things worked out for me. And, you know, it, and I think another thing that happens, when you, you have to be a little bit, obviously you got to be good to play in the big leagues, but you also have to be lucky. You have to be in the right place at the right time. And when I went to the Phillies, in 1970 they were rebuilding it wasn't a real good team so obviously the manager had more patience with me i wasn't doing anything the first two or three months and uh eventually everything clicked in for me and uh ended up winning the world series and playing in five all-star games and won gold gloves uh, i mean i i look back on my career and I, I sort of think it was a blessing in disguise to have to go through all the obstacles that I went through to get to the big leagues. Wow. That's a remarkable story. Larry Boa, Phillies, Cubs, Mets, longtime uh, manager and coaching career in MLB, and he joins us on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Still, you know, cut all three years in high school and yet, uh, and yet makes it. When did you realize... Obviously, your dad, what, I mean, what a powerful and, and supportive person for you. Uh, wh when yeah. did you realize, hey, this thing's going somewhere and my career may have some legs, Larry? I think the biggest thing, when I signed, Eddie Bachman, who was a scout, told the Phillies, hey, the worst scenario here is he's going to be an organization player excuse me, I, I think he can help you when he's done playing, being a coach or manager in the minor leagues. And so when I signed, I was under the assumption that, hey, they're going to give me an opportunity. And to be honest with you, I didn't really know I was going to be in the big leagues until the third year when I went to Eugene, Oregon, which was our triple-A team. Bob Skinner was our manager, and he called me in and he said, hey, you made the team as a utility player. But I'm going to give you an option here. You can go down and learn how to switch hit and become an everyday player if you're successful switch hitting, or you can make this team as, as a utility player. And I didn't want to play utility. I, I think utility player, I think that's one of the hardest jobs in baseball. You're sitting on the bench. You sit for four or five days. you got to go in, and there's always pressure on you. you got to do this. you got to do that. Whereas when you're an everyday player and the manager believes in you, you go 0 for 4, 0 for 8, you know you're still going to be in there. But when he told me that I could be an everyday player if I learned how to switch hit, then I, a light went off and said, hey, maybe I can do this. And then I went to, to AAA, and I think I ended up hitting around 270 or 280, which was really good for learning how to switch hit. So I, I would say after that spring training when I got when I 
said I would rather go to AAA and and play every day as opposed to being utility player. I felt that maybe I had a chance. Wow, most people, if they're going to be a switch hitter, they do it as a kid. You know, maybe a teenager to do it at right. over twenty right. years old. I mean, that's uh, yeah, it was hard. Yeah, I bet it was. <laughs> okay. So uh, when you're with the Phillies and you, you talked about the rebuild, Larry, and, and then things start to happen there and y'all eventually right. win the world series, you had a hell of a postseason. Um, what was that yeah. like as that team started, as y'all started to add more talent, when did y'all realize, Hey, we, we may have a shot at this and me, we may not just be average. We may be really good at some point for Philadelphia. Well, I think in the mid seventies, you know, everyone back back when we played, everybody knew the guys in the minor leagues, the guys that were coming up. Uh, in fact, playing in Reading, which is real close to Philly, a lot of fans when Phillies would go on the road trips, they would come and watch the Reading Phillies play, and they'd see all the prospects. And so, in the mid seventies, we started playing really good. I mean, we had the core group of guys was Bob Boone, Mike Schmidt, myself, Greg Lazinski. Uh, you know, obviously we got Steve Carlton in a trade with the Cardinals. So we saw things starting to come together, but we kept coming up short. We kept playing the the big red machine at that time who was unbelievably talented. And then we had a series, a couple series with the Dodgers who had a great team. And we kept getting edged out, whether it was an umpire's call, whether it was a bad play, whether it lack of hitting, whatever it was, we were just coming up short. And then they decided uh, – uh, hey, you know what? We might need a missing piece here. And that's when we went out and got Pete Rose. And, of course, Dallas Green took over, who I thought was very instrumental in us progressing to where we were in the, in 1980. But uh, once we had those down times against the Reds and the Dodgers, you know, it got to the point where we knew we were good, but we were lacking something. And I think Pete put that, little gave us that little push at the end and of course Dallas Green being uh, a no nonsense type manager I think that helped out a lot and then once we got through Houston in that 80 series where every game was extra innings except the first one I really felt going in the World Series there was no pressure on us at all we had finally got to where we wanted to go we had a tough series with Houston and we ended up beating Kansas City four games to two and that's how that thing sort of unraveled for us. With, uh, Larry Boa, World Series champion, uh, player and, and coach. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line, uh, sharing stories of, of Phillies, and, and hopefully we'll have some time to get into some other things. But this is great, and how they became World Series champs. Uh, we, you mentioned Pete Rose had been with the Reds, and, um, right. and they had won. Did you feel it right away when he joined y'all that this guy was a winner and he brought something different to the locker room and the approach of the team, Larry? Yeah, there's no question. I mean, you talk about somebody that's a positive individual. Uh, and he, you know, when he first came over, he says, you know, you guys, every time we played you, and I, he might have been just trying to build our confidence up, but he says, we, we didn't like playing you guys because you guys were very talented. And, you know, when, when you come up with a core group of guys that learned how to win together and learned how to lose together, that was a, a very tight-knit group that we had come up through our minor league system. But we were also cognizant of 
we're missing something. And I think Pete was the guy that, uh, whether it was him telling everybody how good we were when he watched from the other dugout, or whether constantly saying, hey, we can do this, we can do this. It was a combination of things. But Pete definitely was one of the factors that, uh, whether it was his attitude, his work ethic, his work ethic off the charts, I never seen anybody as competitive as he was. Uh, but whatever it was, that was the push that we needed, and, and it did pay off. So he was always driven, Larry. Just whatever y'all, I mean, whether it was oh. practice or in the cage, obviously in the games, uh, in the locker room talking to people. I mean, he was always on edge, competitive, and a driving force. Always. I mean, if you had two hits, you know, he'd sit down, he's just, you got to get three, you got to get three. If you had three, you got to get four. And, you know, his philosophy all the time was, you know, he talked baseball with all of us. He says, hey, when you're facing the number three and four starters in a rotation, you've got to do damage on them because you're going to be facing Gibson and Seaver, and those guys are tough. You might go over two with a walk, but you wear out these guys that are pitching in three or four uh, uh, man rotation. I mean, he would he would break it down into – it would seem so easy, but he had, he had so much talent. I mean, you talk about a switch hitter. And if you take a look at <laughs> – Four thousand over four thousand hits. That's that's playing twenty years, getting over two hundred hits a year. I mean, what he did, obviously, the gambling part of it was terribly wrong. But if you you know the way that people advocate gambling now in all sports on TV and everything, I think he's paid his dues. And I, I just wish if we could turn back the clock, that once they brought him brought to his attention that he got caught doing something that he wasn't supposed to. If he would have admitted it right away, he'd probably be in the Hall of Fame right now. But right. the fact that he didn't do it right away and eventually he did say, hey, okay, that's what I did. I guarantee one thing, knowing him, he didn't ever bet against his team to lose. But that's that's not that's not the really reason for this. You know, he got punished, and he shouldn't have done what he did. But the bottom line is uh, I don't think anybody's ever going to break that 4,000 hit record. First of all, Owners aren't going to have enough money to pay these guys. No, you get over two hundred hits a year for no. twenty years. So, no. but that's a record I think is going to stand forever. Five-time All-Star Larry Boa, World Series champ as a player and a coach, he joins us on the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN one hundred five nine, The Zone. I, I had all his baseball cards, watched many games that he played in. Uh, wh- do you do you ever talk to Pete Rose, Larry? Oh yeah. In fact, we we just had a. Uh, uh, a big, uh, we celebrated the 1980 two years ago when we saw him. And I see him occasionally. He'll come, uh, you know, whether it be a memorabilia show where you're signing autographs. And uh, he's doing good. Pete's doing good. I mean, he, I think he's already uh, come to the conclusion that he's probably not going to get into the Hall of Fame. Uh, but uh, he's handling it the best he can. And he knows he made mistakes. He'll be the first to tell you he made some mistakes. He's the kind of guy that when you played against him, you hated him. Yeah. And when he got on your team, you loved him. I mean, he's one of those guys, man, that uh, you talk about never giving away at bats, uh, concentration level at a high high level every at bat. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're winning 10 nothing or losing 10 nothing. Uh, this guy was locked in as soon as he put that uniform on. Wow. Charlie Hustle. remember watching him as a yep. kid, too. Incredible. Larry Boa joining us on the Out of Bounds show, uh, sharing some great stories. Was cut all three years from his high school team. So, 
parents and, and kids out there remember that didn't give up dad continued to support him found a way uh even if it's just to play in college obviously did uh, ended up with mlb with with larry boa uh mike schmidt i, I just loved him as a kid yep. again i i I ended up with like 20,000 baseball cards. So I was seven, eight, nine years old, you know, 1983, I'm, I'm 10 years old. I, I couldn't get enough of that era in which you, you played Larry. What, what was Mike Schmidt like as a, as a personality and a, and a teammate Larry? Mike was pretty, his demeanor. I, I think the reason he didn't hit it off in Philly early in his career, let me state that. I mean, at the end of his career, they loved this guy and they knew, they appreciated what he did, but he always made things look so easy. You could put any kind of ball in his hands, bowling ball, golf ball, football, basketball. He was just a natural athlete, uh, had tremendous skills. Uh, I'll give you a real quick story in, uh, I think it was 72 or three. I don't know. Well, he was, he was a high pick for the Phillies. And usually when you have a high pick, they fly you into Philadelphia, have the big press conference. They let you go down on the field and work out. And then they'll send you to the affiliate that they want to send you to. In this particular instance, he was going to work out in Philly, then go to Reading, Pennsylvania, which is real close. So I'm taking pregame, and, and and I can, you know, when you feel somebody standing behind you, you know, I felt somebody stand behind me, and he signed as a shortstop. And so I turned around, and I said, hey, what's up? And I introduced myself, and I said, congratulations. And he says, do you mind if I take some grounders? I said, no. So we started taking grounders, and I could see this guy was going to be something special just by watching him. And so, you know, me being my personality, after a while we start talking, I said, oh, by the way, he said, I said, you might want to pick another position because I plan on being here for a while. <laughs> he tells that story all the time. And eventually they did move him to third base, and I told him, I said, you're lucky I played because – if you played short, you might have blown out your knees or whatever. I said, you went over there and played third and became a Hall of Famer. But he would have been a Hall of Famer no matter what position he played. But people had the wrong – he didn't come across as a true Philadelphia player. You know, guys that got dirty. and He didn't have to do that. He was such a great athlete. And so he wanted to win as bad as I wanted to win. But people – because of his personality and he's sort of aloof when he did his pregame stuff, a lot of times people thought he didn't care. But trust me, he cared more than anybody. And you could tell his very first year, he hit under 200, but I think he had close to 20 home runs. You could see this guy is going to be something special. And it, on defense, he was unbelievable. He could go right, he could go left, he could come in, he could go back. Uh, he's the greatest. You know, I never got to play in the American League, so. I know Brooks Robinson, watching him on video, was a great third baseman. But uh, as far as in the National League, I, I'd never seen a third baseman like this guy. Uh, Schmidt was so good. God, and you're right. Yes, he, he was. He made it look easy, so I don't think everybody appreciated what he was doing. And yet you know right. playing so long is damn hard to, to make all, yeah. all those plays. Larry Boa on the Out of Bounds show, longtime player and Manager, coach, Major League Baseball, uh, two-time World Series champion, five-time All-Star, and he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. I, I, I've only got a couple of minutes, but I, I got to talk a little bit about Chicago. Um, so you go to Chicago. I'm a kid. I, I have WGN. That was back when I didn't get it. We didn't get a bunch of games on Saturday. You got the game of the week, but you got all the right. Cubs games. Okay, so. Mm -hmm. it, it was it was you and that that whole crew 
Um, like Lee Smith was one of my favorite players ever. I always say this, Larry. Yep. It took Lee Smith an hour and a half to walk from the bullpen to the mound when when y'all called him in. <laughs> I just loved it. Um, it took about thirty seconds though to get it three up and three down though. <laughs> wasn't he so good? Golly! Yeah, he was. He was uh, great. What was it like to? I, I, I think it was the '84 series that broke my heart with the Padres, yep. Cubs, and Tony Gwynn. And I love Tony, but I, I had to be a Cub. Um, what was right. it like to play for Chicago and Wrigley and have Harry Carey there and all those day games, Larry? It, it, next, next to playing in Philly, it was, it was it was the greatest place I ever played. The city was great. Uh, at that time, we didn't have lights. Uh, I think that was the biggest concern because when we went on road trips to the West Coast or East Coast. We play night games, then we come back and we without a day off and play a day game. Uh, that was the biggest difference. Eventually, Dallas Green got lights there, but because that team was not a real good team, and then when we all of us went over there, they used to call it the Phillies, Philly, the Chicago Phillies, because a lot of those players—Bob Dernier, Ryan Sandberg, myself, Gary Matthews—all these guys went played with the Phillies, went over with Chicago with Dallas, but. That city was electric that entire 84. And like you said, we can't, we win the first two games against Sandy. That's probably the most disappoint, disappointed I've ever been. Not knowing, you know, when you go up 2 nothing, the best out of five, I'm not saying you think you got it made, but you got the hammer in your hand. And we went out there, and they swept us. i got to give them credit. They swept us. And, you know, looking back on that, that would have been a great series, us playing Detroit, but it didn't happen. But... I love playing in Chicago. It was almost like you had a regular job, especially when you were at home. You get up 8 o'clock, you go to the ballpark. By 4.30, 5 o'clock, you're done. You go home, you have dinner like a normal human being. Yeah. It was a nice routine to get into. Then you'd have to go on the road and obviously make adjustments on the road. But uh, it was a great, great year in 84. I just wish we'd have won another game there and got to a World Series. That's This is great. Larry Boa on the Out of Bounds Show. Larry, thank you so much uh, for your time today. Cool for me to uh, to interview someone who I watched uh, play so much uh, over on the NL side with the, with the Phillies and the Cubs as a kid. And uh, your stories on uh, Pete Rose and Mike Schmidt and yourself. It's incredible. We're, well, I got we're one. Trying. I got one real quick story. I'm going to tell you. My very first game, I played for Spartanburg, South Carolina. I was a starting shortstop. Uh, I never been out of California, so obviously I went to spring training in Florida. Then I broke camp, and my very first game. The one thing I did as a player, I put the ball in play all the time. I struck out four straight times, and I was sitting in my chair. And the manager Bob Wellman came over. He says, "You all right?" And I said, "Hey, if this is what." professional baseball is all about i said you might as well send me back to sacramento and he said this guy's going to be something special and i'm thinking he's just trying to you know keep me going in a positive direction well anyway the pitcher turned out to be nolan ryan wow I look back at that. larry boa <laughs> yeah, on the out of bounds show larry thank you so much take care my friend oh. all right you take care thank you that was great that that made my week. Larry Boa on the Out of Bounds Show and the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. If you missed any of it, go to Apple Podcast or Spotify. Search Out of Bounds with Bo Bounds. We'll see you tomorrow.